Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In this Entitled People episode, we finally get to see an entitled woman get the justice she deserves. My aunt stole my inheritance. Then karma struck and her life fell apart. My aunt was one of two kids my grandparents had. My mother was the polar opposite to my aunt. She worked from the age of 12 in my grandfather's shop, never asked for anything, and eventually managed to start her own business. My aunt never held down a job until the age of 26. She was constantly stealing from her parents and was constantly in trouble. Despite this, my aunt was spoiled by my grandmother, and so were her kids. She had three kids from three different men, and her first husband was not one of them, if you know what I mean. It didn't matter what my aunt or her kids did, my grandmother would always always jumped to their defense. She never had time for my mum and her kids unless it was to get something from us. The only reason my mum would visit her was because she loved my grandfather. My grandfather passed away in 2004, and a few months after, my nan decided to write up a new will. My mother and my aunt were both present for it when she signed it, so they knew what was in it. It made it so that when she passed away, her home would be sold, and the money split 25% each to my mum and aunt, and the remaining 50% would go evenly to the grandkids. At the time, the home was worth more than half a million pounds, so it would be a nice little inheritance, but nothing life changing. In 2010, my mum died after an accident and did not have a current will in place. As she no longer had her business and was renting a house, she didn't have anything of much monetary value. The only thing she was concerned about was what would be done at her funeral should she pass away. But she told me everything she wanted. The music, the flowers, the coffin color, and even what people were to wear at the funeral. She wanted people to wear bright, warm colors. So when she passed, my aunt and nan took over all the arrangements and tried to undo all the things I told them. The songs were going to be songs I knew mum didn't like. The flowers were all the wrong colors and they picked a hideous coffin. With the help of my siblings, we were able to change a few of the things back to what they were supposed to be. But the coffin couldn't be changed for some reason. And my nan refused to let people come dressed as clowns. So it was all black. It was frustrating. After the funeral, my nan had her will changed. My siblings and I were told by our aunt that she didn't have any involvement with the writing of the will. And our nan told us that she changed it so that mum's share would go to her kids instead. All good, we thought. After mum passed away, my nan just stopped talking about my mum. At first, we thought it was because she was still recovering from losing her daughter. But even five years after mum passed, she still wouldn't talk about her. Even if you brought up a story about my mum, Nan would very obviously try and change the subject, usually about how hard my aunt and her trashy kids had it. And if you went to talk about your own problems, she would somehow bring it back to my aunt. I suffered a mental breakdown after my mum's death, so you can imagine how much it hurt to hear, well, X has had it so much worse. In 2016, my Nan passed away. 
She'd written down what she wanted to be done for her funeral And it was basically all the same things that she'd picked out for my mum's funeral Even the music to be played I don't know why she tried to have a dress rehearsal funeral using my mum as the stand-in But it was obvious that that's what she was trying to do So after a couple of months our siblings and I were waiting to hear about the will reading and my aunt kept telling me Oh, it will be another month before we can do the reading. I didn't mind. I wasn't fussed about the money to be honest But my oldest brother was hoping to use the money to pay for a honeymoon for him and his then fiance And my younger brother was about to start uni So it would have been one heck of a help Eventually my dad bumped into the solicitor my grandmother had used to deal with her will and asked what was happening The solicitor let slip that the will had already been read and that it left everything to my aunt When my dad questioned this, the solicitor told him that my aunt had been present when the will was written, despite promising that she had nothing to do with it. When confronted, my aunt initially tried to deny, but eventually admitted to lying to all of us. She showed us the will and it confirmed what we already knew. The house and all its contents were now my aunt's. This included my granddad's war medals he fought in the Second World War. When I told her that he'd promised them to me before he died, she said... Well, unless you have it in writing, you will have nothing in this house. Anyway, I already gave them to Clive. My heart sank. Clive, not his real name obviously, was her eldest son and the dictionary definition of a screw-up. He'd been in and out of prison for stealing and dealing drugs. I knew that the moment that idiot got his hands on my granddad's medals, they would have been sold off. We looked into taking her to court over the will, but everyone we spoke to said that we probably wouldn't get anything out of it. She immediately put the house up for sale at close to three quarters of a million pounds. She'd angered too many people in our town, so she was going to sell the house and move closer to her daughter, who lives in a big city. An offer was made on the house and she put down a deposit on a house near the big city. And I thought that was that. Here's where karma comes into play. The people who wanted my nan's house had a survey done on the house to see if there were issues. And oh boy, there were. It turns out that the land the house was built on was way too soft for the type of house it was. And it was sinking. It sunk about two centimeters in the 40 plus years my nan and granddad had lived there. But the sinking was accelerating to one centimeter per year. This meant that within the next three years, the house would need some serious work or be knocked down. The new value of the house? Just £60,000. Therefore, the buyers immediately pulled out, having not even put down a deposit. She couldn't buy her new house, but still had to pay the deposit on it. And while this was happening, she let Clive move in with her into her house that she rented from the council. He wasn't allowed to live in any of the council houses because he trashed every single one he'd ever been given. Somebody reported this, and she was kicked out of her home. She was forced to move into my nan's old home as she couldn't live anywhere else So there she is living in a crumbling house with her idiot son and her partner She was stuck there for two years Every time I saw her she'd try and start talking to me and I would just ignore her and walk off One time as I was walking away she screamed Your mother deserved to die for having a R word like you in the middle of a busy street Someone reported her to the police and she had an official warning from them and was ridiculed on facebook Every time I saw her after that she looked more and more miserable Eventually she sold the house for something like 85,000 pounds and moved in with her daughter in the big city I lost contact with her and her kids after this. I thought karma had been issued Oh, but karma still wasn't done with her I bumped into one of her former friends and she told me what happened after she left our town She moved into her daughter's home. Let's call her sue But they only had a three-bedroom house and three kids 
My aunt and her partner had to live in the smallest room in the house while my aunt looked for a job and a home to rent. Even with £85,000 cash, she couldn't afford a home anywhere. After about a month, my aunt's partner ran off after emptying her accounts. She was left stranded in Sue's house, not contributing anything because all the money she makes goes into bingo. Eventually, Sue and my aunt get into a screaming match and my aunt says something along the lines of, I should have aborted you. Sue immediately kicked her out of her house. So again, there's my aunt in a city where she knows nobody, no money, no home, and the last bridge she had, a smoldering wreck. Last anyone has heard, she was living in a caravan in the roughest part of the city, and she can no longer work because she's suffering early onset arthritis and can no longer move her hands. I know I shouldn't get joy out of something like this happening to another person, but it does bring me some peace as to what happened. Wow, before we got into the end of that story, I was thinking, okay, that is some pretty good karma. I'm happy that everything seems to have evened itself out. And then there was another paragraph. And it kept going and going. And honestly, I loved every second of it. I mean, look, stealing someone's inheritance is one thing. But things like those war medals that have obviously been sold, you're never going to get them back. Those are memories that have no price. You cannot put a price on them. They are so special to you and they've gone. I mean, that, if anything, is worth all that karma alone. And look, I'll say this. Karma is a But then again, so is your aunt. So it seems completely fair to me. Now, if you like stolen inheritance stories, you're going to want to stay tuned because I've got another one for you. Mum wants me to sign over 250,000 beneficiary check. My dad passed away recently and it came to light that he named me as one of the beneficiaries on his life insurance policy. My mum says that it was a mistake and that I'm not supposed to be a beneficiary, just her. She wants me to file for the money and sign the check over to her. I'm going to go through with it because she is my mum and blah, blah, whatever. But the insulting part is that my mum says I can keep $5,000 from it to throw my wedding. I only have 2000 from my own money because my partner and I are kind of broke. Is she being entitled or am I or both of us? Okay, wow. This is one of the craziest posts I've ever read. OP couldn't possibly be less understanding of the situation. I don't want to be harsh, but that is the truth. But thankfully, there is an update which we're going to get straight into. And hopefully some sense has come into OP's head or at least someone has told them what they really should be doing here. Oh boy. Well, some updates are due. First of all, thank you all for your concern and comments in my first post. It was helpful to hear your perspective on the money and it definitely changed my view of the whole situation. To recap quickly, my dad passed away and he named me as a beneficiary on his life insurance policy. My mum said it was a mistake and that I'm not supposed to be a beneficiary, just her. So she wants me and my brother to file for the money and then sign the check over to her. Now on the policy, my mum is named at 34% and my brother and I are named at 33% and my younger sister is not named. It turns out that the policy was not made before my sister was born which adds to the murkiness and confusion surrounding why my sister is not included my guess is that my dad signed up to this policy and forgot my sister's social thinking he'd just come back to it later and revise but he never got around to it i guess he was bipolar and did things impulsively sometimes I think this life insurance policy was one of them. Well, at least he had life insurance. Suggesting we slow down and talk about this policy more has made me the bad guy in the family. My mum and my brother think that I am being selfish. It's gotten so tense that we have to discuss things via email because everyone is getting so emotional about it. My mum continues to insist that he made a mistake. She writes, When dad took out this policy, his intention was for me, my mum, to have money to pay off the house, which is already paid off by the way and have financial means to take care of the family. Dad would never, 
ever intentionally exclude his youngest daughter from this scenario if his intentions were to split things between the family. I believe he completed the paperwork incorrectly because he didn't understand how to write the policy to support his intentions. I responded with a proposal. The three of us split the cost of my dad's medical bills for the past two years of his illness, hospice care costs, and the funeral. After that is settled, my brother and I split our portions into three so that my sister gets a share. She does not like this proposal and passive aggressively told me to not bother paying her back for the medical and funeral costs. I also get the sense that she is trying to guilt trip me because she keeps saying that she can't afford to screen in her porch. I'm sure there'll be more updates. This feels long from over. Okay then, just as I was going to say with the first one really, I feel like with this story, you need to just get a lawyer involved. You need someone in the mixer who knows exactly what is going on and exactly what you can and can't do to stop your mum from getting away with this. I am glad though that my fears after the first post before this update are not going to come to fruition. I was very worried there that you were just going to sign over just because she's your mum and be done with it. But thankfully the people of Reddit have told you that that is not a good idea. And that is the beauty of Reddit and why I love the platform because you do get the most genuine helpful advice on the entirety of the internet from people who know a lot more than you and look i hold my hands up i put myself in that situation too a lot of times i need to know some information that i can't just instantly find i'll ask a question on reddit and i'll get fantastic answers however with all that being said as i said at the beginning i would still get a lawyer involved to make sure that you're not conned out of an incredible amount of money hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Entitled parent parks in my driveway. I own a house a couple houses down from a school, so this was bound to happen eventually. When it's time for the kids to go home, my street is lined bumper to bumper with parents to pick up their kids. The sidewalks are full of families who walk all the way to their cars. I often have to pick up balloons, snack packaging, old homework worksheets, and general garbage that the kids drop. If you're trying to get home around the time school lets out, there is no way you're going to be able to get there before the blockade the parents make is gone. This has been a problem the few years we've lived here. There's two places the kids let out. My street, which is a small cul-de-sac with the school at the top, and a main road that's open all the way down to a baseball park with a wider road to allow street parking and two-way driving. Obviously, if you can't find parking, the tiny residential road isn't the way to go. There are three cars at my home. My car, my roommate's car, and my husband's utility van, which he parks on the road to avoid blocking our roommate since she's frequently in and out. Fridays, today, I work from home. So when I finish work, I put my head out the window to look at my fruit tree I have near my driveway. It's spring, I keep excitedly looking for blooms. And I notice a big white Buick SUV in the middle of my driveway blocking both spots for my car, which my husband was using since I was home, and my roommate's spots. Honestly, why would you park in someone's driveway? So, on top of these entitled parents blocking up our small residential road, this person decided to take up a private residence's driveway. I got on the phone with the non-emergency police line and took pictures of the vehicle and plates. Then I got my husband's keys and backed his vehicle up to block the SUV into my driveway, and I waited. 
50 minutes later, the mum, bug eye sunglasses, big old diamonds on her jewelry, and wearing athleisure, and she comes around to hop in the driver's seat and smiles and waves at me, sitting on my steps. Honestly, she probably thought I was the homeowner's kid or something, as I'm in my early 20s, atypical for a homeowner. Hi, hope you don't mind, she said. You're trespassing. Why would you park in a private driveway? Sorry, I won't do it again. We were just leaving. She was being really dismissive and avoiding eye contact, despite taking the sunglasses off. I don't care. You have no right to park on my property. I'm on the phone with the police. It was just for a second. I was just picking up my daughter. It doesn't matter. You don't live here. You don't park here. At this point, I realized the non-emergency police aren't going to pick up. So I hang up and decide to screw with her a bit. She got in her SUV and dismissively waved at me So I got in my vehicle that was blocking her in and waited Pretending to still be on the phone She starts trying to back out of my driveway Because there was a little bit of a gap between my utility van and my neighbor's car But it was definitely too small for this Buick I'd like to point out that this vehicle has a scuffed front bumper So I had a feeling she has no spatial awareness outside of her backup camera Every time she backed up, I honked Still pretending to be on the phone She tried again. I honked again. She looked at my grass and I was about to start recording her in case she tried to go through my front yard and I honked again. If she kept trying to back out and hit my big utility van, she would certainly lose. She then gets out of her SUV and comes up to my van, recognizing that she can't do anything without making it far worse for herself. Her face was visibly patchy from the distress and she asked again, Are you really calling the police? Yes, you're illegally parked on my private property. That is illegal. I don't care if it's for five seconds. Don't freaking do it. You don't live here. Her kid then got out of the car and I decided that was enough. So I waited for her to get back in her SUV and I parked my van back in its rightful spot and I let her out. After that, I called the school and gave them the license plate number. Nothing would probably come of it, but I don't think she'll park in someone's driveway again anytime soon. I'll take the jerk points because there's a child involved, but you shouldn't put your child in situations like this anyways. And there we go. A classic entitled parent story to end this episode. Look, we've seen stories like this before, but I'll never understand, despite how many stories I read that are quite similar to this, why people do these sort of things and then why they think they can just get away with it when they're caught. Like you've been caught, hold your hands up and say, yeah, you got me. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that. Don't try and go on the grass. Don't try and bump into another car. It's just ridiculous, especially given the fact that your kid is in the passenger seat and you've just picked them up from school and they're the ones that are learning all these lessons and probably getting extremely embarrassed by your disgusting actions. Now, before we end today's episode, first of all, I owe you guys some shout outs. We've had some more donations through since the last video. £2,674 has now been raised by you guys as part of my fundraiser for the London Marathon to support kids charity once again if you didn't know kids is a fantastic charity that helps disabled people and their families if you haven't already donated the link to do so is in the description down below however much you can donate you're gonna get a shout out it's an amazing thing to do so let's get into them first of all nichelle is back once again nichelle i think has now donated two or maybe even three times incredible support i can't wait to see more karenitor my vote is to keep the beard for the next karen because even the pretty karens have beards redditor i love the vids michelle i love your donations thank you very much i will I, mm, 
I, I'm leaning towards keeping the beard, I'll be honest. But I'm not entirely sure. I'm still not entirely sure. Bailey loves the podcast and thinks that I'm doing an amazing thing. But I think you're doing an amazing thing by donating, Bailey. Thank you very much. Kenny Buddha Drew. Sorry it's not much. It's £10, my friend. If everyone watching this video donated £10, we'd probably raise, what, 20,000 views, about £200,000. So you saying that's not much, frankly, you're just wrong, Kenny. I'm sorry, but you are. Wanted to donate anyway as a thank you for the entertainment and to support a great cause. Good luck from Scotland. Thank you very much. Yeetus Deletus has hidden how much they've donated, but they say keep up the amazing work, man. Do it for the kids. Well, Yeetus, I will. Mike Roch is back again. Maybe it's the same, Mike. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I'll have to inspect Mike's rotch and see. You should run the Mara in full Karen attire, minus the heels. Say my full fake username when you shout me out again. Okay, it's the same, Mike. Thanks, Mike. A lovely name you have. Jerry became disabled when they were 25, so it means a lot to them that I'm doing this. Also loves the vids. Have fun running. Thanks, Jerry. I will. Sorry to hear that but I'm glad that I'm doing this for a, for a good cause. And it's one that you can get behind and it means a lot to you. Good stuff. Okay, and that is gonna do it. Those are the end of the donations. Once again, guys, if you want a shout out and most importantly, just wanna help out an amazing charity, get in the mixer. Link to donate is down below, but that is gonna do it for this episode. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want more content from me right away, please do click another video on screen or again, down in the description. And with that being said, have a good rest of your day and I'll see you on the next one. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.